Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of Confessions of a Rare Disease Mama. I am your host, Jillian Arnold. Welcome back to another episode. I'm so happy that you are here. I am apologizing in advance that this episode is coming out late. Um, I I sat down yesterday and started recording and I was, I've just been going through some like rough stuff this month and I just wasn't happy with the way it was turning out. I I don't know. I wasn't in the best mood and I just wanted a I woke up this morning with a um feeling a lot lighter and feeling a lot better and I was like this is this is more the mood I want to be in to record. So <laughs> I'm I'm getting this episode out late and I will explain what's been going on as we dive more into this episode, but I think I'm going to use this episode as just kind of like a catch up on what's all been happening in our life, what we have coming up, um, a health update on our kids. So we're kind of using this one as a, as a life update, but I'm also going to talk about some of the struggles we've been going through the past couple months and um yeah i'm going to talk i guess a little bit about mental health and why it is so important for us as caregivers to make sure we are taking care of our mental health so i wanted to start with what we did this weekend we finally got around to celebrating stella's third birthday Yay us. (laughs) We're only six months late. Um, Second child problems, right? (laughs) So we have always done like really fun birthday parties for Roman. He was born in September. So it's just I always feel like September is just like the best birthday month because fall is coming and we're able to do things outdoors. And we always have like had fun themes for his party. Um, but with Stella, she she was born in 2020, which we all like to try and block 2020 out of our brains. Um, but obviously with COVID and stuff, there was a couple years that we were just kind of like hunkered down in our house. So her first birthday was pretty lame. Um, and (laughs) so was her second birthday. So this year we're like, you know, our poor little girl, we, we're going to do it up big this year. I'm I booked a place called um, We Rock the Spectrum Kids Gym, which was awesome, by the way. Um, But it's like an inclusive play gym for kids of all different abilities. So I, I actually found it through a Facebook group that I'm a part of for like medically complex parents. And someone said, had mentioned that they hosted their um, daughter's birthday party there and the staff was all great and um 
I was just having a really hard time like coming up with ideas on where to do her party because I know I I knew I wanted to invite more people outside of just our immediate family and um we needed more space so and it's it's hard enough to kind of like find a party spot for a birthday in the winter but then it's we had an extra challenge with like our kids being in wheelchairs and not mobile. And there's just more planning that's involved and more that you have to take into consideration. So luckily I found this place um, and it was great. We booked it for March originally. Um, And obviously you guys know the story. Roman ended up in the hospital for two months. So I had to postpone. Um, and then once he got out of the hospital, there was, you know, a couple months where we were, we had to just like get back into the swing of life <laughs> after that. Um, so we were going back and forth because our kids, I feel like have been continuously sick. For like the past six months. Like I don't understand what's happening, but like it's, there's just been virus after virus going through our house and I don't get it. And it's maddening and it's exhausting and it's frustrating um, because I feel like we take so many precautions trying to keep our kids healthy. And I just feel like Roman came home from the hospital and it's been like constant viruses. And I'm going to get more into that in a moment, but Roman started getting sick with a virus, like some upper respiratory shenanigans, um, like a week before Stella's rescheduled party. And we're just going back and forth. We're like, do we cancel the party again? Like, what do we do? Ultimately, we decided because we had already paid deposit and paid for her cake and everything. So we're like, look, we'll just keep it really small. We're at least doing something different. We're going to be in a new environment. Um, but we ended up just having our immediate family come, like our two nieces. And then um, Roman and Stella's home nurse came with her three kids. And it was it was a perfect size, I think, for what all we had going on. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been a hell of a couple months. Let me tell you, (laughs) we've also been dealing with, uh, Stella has been having these like intense crying episodes and this has been going on for months and months now. I think it started honestly, right when Roman got admitted to the hospital and right around the time our nurse started and it's gotten it like ebbs and flows like it's gotten there's been periods where it's been really bad like she's crying hysterically for like hours and hours and i've actually ended up taking her to the er twice for it and both times i've brought her they do the same they run the same test they check for uti test her urine they do a belly x-ray everything has like checked out i think we even we even uh, did like a head CT to test for hydrocephalus. And it's so frustrating and upsetting as a parent to 
two kids that are nonverbal. So she, you know, she can't tell me what she's feeling. So basically for the past five months, we've just been like ruling things out. And it's been so heartbreaking. I I can't even describe like how horrible it's been making me feel. Um, And just, it's just really taken a toll on me, like not just mentally, because mentally it's so hard to listen to your child cry in pain um, every single day, but also emotionally, because I feel like I'm like, I know this isn't logical, (laughs) saying it out loud, it's not logical, but this is just how my mom brain thinks is I'm just like, I can't figure out what's wrong with her. I'm a terrible parent. And that's just where my brain goes. And I know I'm not a terrible parent. I'm a good parent. But when we are dealing with this day after day, it's like, why can't I figure out what's going on with her? Why can't any doctor figure out what's going on with her? So we've been in contact. I've always felt like it was GI related, like these crying episodes, because she'll cry for like three hours and she'll stiffen her legs like she's trying to work out a poop. Um, And it's been a little frustrating because I feel like I am saying the same thing to her doctor's all the time about it. And like, I don't know, long story short. So we've been dealing with all of that. We've been dealing with these intense crying episodes. We've been dealing with our kids getting sick, illness after illness for like the past six months. And of course it's stressful anytime, you know, even like when typical or healthy children get sick, it's still very stressful on, on us as parents. But with my kids or like medically complex kids, it's, um, it goes to a new level when, (laughs) when your children get sick because of all the trauma that most of us have endured with hospital stays and, you know, very common colds turning into something very serious and ending up in the hospital and between that and the crying and it's it's really been taking a toll on me and i am bringing all this up because i wanted to talk about the importance um of taking care of your mental health as a caregiver because it's something that i think i have been neglecting the past couple months. Well, no, not not neglecting. I want to say I have not been staying on top of it like I should. Um so let's let's just get into it. I don't know if I've talked about this on my podcast yet, but I have never been one to take medications for my quote unquote feelings. Um, I have always had anxiety problems. Um, 
I used to get like horrendous panic attacks in high school and I would never take medication for them. Like I got prescribed things a couple times and I would go pick it up and then I would let it sit and I would never actually take it because I always thought like I it's it's all in my mind like what I should be able to fix this without medication um or change change my thought pattern which I think over time and a lot of practice is possible um but when Roman was diagnosed, I want to say it was like a year into his diagnosis, I was getting to a point where I was feeling desperate for some kind of like relief. I was feeling so overwhelmed. I had so much anxiety. My anxiety was just reaching like new levels just with a brand new diagnosis and like you're you're just thrust into this world of specialists and therapies and insurance and i was just feeling so overwhelmed and i was very emotional and i was lashing out and i was very irritable and i think it was after roman was diagnosed with his seizures we came home from that hospital stay and i remember I just like could not stop crying. Like I just couldn't stop crying because before that, I think there was always a little glimmer of hope that maybe his case or diagnosis wasn't quite as severe as, um, as it could have been. But seizures are like a kind of a telltale sign that you you do have neurological disease. And I think deep down we always knew that, but we were, we were trying to remain hopeful. So anyways, after he got diagnosed with seizures, we came home from that hospital stay and I was just like bawling my eyes out, crying, crying, crying. My mom was over and I had picked up medication, like some antidepressants, um, a while before that, but I hadn't started started taking them. And I remember my mom was just like, do you still have that medicine that the doctor prescribed you? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, why don't you just take it? Like, just, just take it and see how you feel. So I ended up, <laughs> that was kind of like my breaking point. And I ended up taking it. And then a couple days later, I was like, felt like a new person. And I was just like, why didn't I take this months and months ago? Um, and at the time I needed that medication to keep my head above water because I was drowning in everything that was being thrown at me. And I knew when I started it, I didn't want to, I didn't want it to be a long-term solution or become like, I didn't want to rely on medication for my happiness, I guess you could say. Um, so I've been working really hard the past, I've, I was on it for two years and I have been working really hard at coming up or learning alternative um, 
methods to combating anxiety, my anxiety, other than the medication so I could safely wean off. And I had been starting to wean down when Roman was admitted to the hospital. And by the time he came home from the hospital, I had been fully weaned off, which looking back probably wasn't the the best time to do a wean off of my antidepressants. Um, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that's how it panned out. And for a while I felt like, okay, I got, I have this under control. Roman's home now, like life is good again. And then everything kind of started piling back on. And the past, like, two months have been really rough with like my emotions. Like I felt like I could cry at the drop of a hat and, and this is despite me doing like a very slow wean off of these medications. Um, but this past illness that Roman had, like earlier when I was talking about how he got sick, like a week before Stella's party, he, got like an upper respiratory thing. And there was one day where it looked like he was kind of like breathing heavier and faster, which, you know, that's not atypical for someone with underlying lung disease to, to do that when they're, when they have an infection. But seeing that just sent me into full-on panic mode spiral situation. Like, I, the second I saw him breathing like that, I, like, got his nurse, and I was like, oh, my God, I'm calling his pulmonologist. Like, like all I was thinking in that moment was, we're going to end up back in the ICU, and he's going to have a breathing tube, and it, then it just kept spiraling from there. Um, and it was like you, I had like blinders on and like the worry just overtook me. And, you know, that is not a healthy place to be mentally. I'm still dealing with a lot of that PTSD from that hospital stay and almost losing him. And, um, I realized that I needed to get back on my antidepressants. And just because I felt like my anxiety had become unmanageable again, and that causes me to be more irritable and just emotional and just not, that's not how I want to be as a parent. So in a lot of ways, I kind of felt like a failure a little bit taking this medication again. That's how I felt at first. Um, And then once I was on it for a couple days, obviously immediately started feeling better. Um, And I realized that I am not a failure. I am, I am doing what I need to do right now in this moment in time to take care of my mental health and be the best caregiver I can to my kids and be the best spouse to my husband. You know, he was kind of getting the brunt of all these emotions that were bubbling up him and my poor mom. Um, 
mom, if you're listening, I love you. But I feel like this kind of thing is not talked about enough. And if there's anyone else out there that needs medication to kind of help regulate their nervous system, there's no shame in that. Um, I did want to talk about some other techniques, though, that I have done in the past and continue to do that kind of helps when you're feeling that flooding coming on. So flooding is a term that my therapist uses when your anxiety and fears, everything is just kind of like taking over and your brain is just in pure survival mode and is not using logic. Um, so, and again, this episode, this is not like a pitch for people to be on antidepressants. This is, there's no shame if you are on them, like I am, was, and am currently. But I also wanted to provide you guys with some techniques to help ground yourself when you start feeling all that fear and anxiety start to take over. So what can we do when we're feeling this way? One thing that I'm sure you've all heard before is to breathe. Stop and breathe. We often forget to breathe, especially when we are in anxiety-provoking situations. Um, Breathing slowly and steadily from your core. You can imagine just letting fear and worry go with each breath that you take. This is something that has helped me. And it's something so simple that so many of us just don't don't think to do. So that's that's my first suggestion. Second suggestion. Smile at yourself in the mirror. It sounds weird. You'll probably feel weird doing it. But when you are smiling, even if that's the last thing you feel like doing, how does that feel? What can you see um, if negative thoughts start coming to mind? Write them down, set them aside, and you can revisit those later. But in that moment, I want you to let all of that fear go. Another grounding technique look outside and count the amount of trees that are around or, you know, bushes, whatever, what have you. The idea is to literally do anything else to take your mind off of what it is thinking about. You can call a friend, call your mom like I do, um, put on a stupid TV show, jump up and down, get some of that like anxiousness out in a physical way. I like to go, I've been starting to take walks outside by myself and that's not always doable. Like if you're dealing with a screaming toddler, you can't just up and leave and go on a walk. So just try jumping up and down. Um, 
Another thing that you can do is to write out five really positive things in your life and maybe put the list up somewhere where you'll see it and remember that there's more to the world than just panic and fear. One thing that I have been trying to do when I am just feeling flooded and especially during these like crying episodes Stella's been doing, I will sit there and tell myself, this moment is not going to last forever. She's going to stop eventually. And I can handle this for the amount of time that she's crying. I can, it's fine. The last thing I'm going to suggest, which I personally have not tried this yet, um, but my therapist told me about it yesterday, Um, (laughs) but it is to grab a couple ice cubes and hold them in your hands and just like feel the sensation of the ice on your hands. And she said what that does is shocks the body out of all that, that state of fear and anxiety. And it's a type of sensory grounding. So you don't have to use ice. Some people will get like a wet, cold, wet washcloth and put it on the back of their neck or um, anything cold that you can really focus on like the sensation of what it feels like to hold that or have it up against your skin. Anyways, those are just a few simple exercises you can do when you are starting to feel overcome with negative thoughts. Like I have been experiencing quite a bit lately. (laughs) Um, And for those of you that are taking medication to help with anxiety or depression, I'm proud of you for doing that. And I'm proud of you for taking care of your mental health because it is so, so important, even more so for us parents of medically complex children. So I hope you guys found this episode helpful and I hope you all have an amazing 4th of July and I will catch you guys again in two weeks. Bye. of a rare disease mama and feel called to do so i would love it if you would hop on over to apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and review five stars preferred but we are open to constructive criticism as well (laughs) the more of those that we have the easier it is for other parents of medically complex and rare disease kiddos to find us thanks so much